Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Yeah. Guess what we're doing today, Ian? I think we're doing one of your favorite movies. You're doing my one of my top five favorite movies. Everything's my top five favorite movies, but I can <laughs> definitively say, Ian, that this one is top five, and it, it is battling for the number one spot. All right. Fair. Yeah. I, I like that you know that I'm going, like, you're just anticipating me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything seems to be my top five. Um, but no, this one is definitely in the top five. Going for number one spot. I love this movie. It is it is absolutely flawless to me. It is very hard for me to find anything I don't like about it. Even all the cheesy, campy, nonsensical, anything in this movie I love. Love it all. You know, I, I was actually a little bit dreading talking about this with you because I was like, oh, really? but he loves it so much. I feel it's okay. like. It'll be, it'll be, you know what? The more you can give me to uh, argue with you about, it'll be, it'll be good television. Oh, I love when we argue. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, everybody. So we are doing, we are going to be covering Halloween 1978. Ian and I decided to uh, become local Haddonfield townies. I, I showed up to recording today and Ian was already dressed up as a Haddonfield local. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, this is just like... I shirt I wear like I wear this to work yeah. and I was like oh this is like kind of like Haddonfield-ish um and then Zach was like wait I'll be right back and then came back literally dressed as Laurie Strode <laughs> <laughs> a Laurie Strode if she lives in Oklahoma with a bunch of dogs and uh Laurie, Laurie Strode as a yeah. gay cowboy yeah there you go I love it Right. But look how <laughs> handsome he looks in his little Laurie Strode outfit. Well, now I'm thinking about my Laurie Strode outfit for Halloween 2018 because we're covering that one on Thursday. So I'm, I'll have to give that some thought. I can have a different colored checkered shirt. That's about as far as I can go. I can put a gun in the background. I'll go. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody. So this is uh, it's Halloween week. You know, we are a week out from actual halloween day so we figured we'd cover uh, there's so many halloween movies anyway that yeah. we, we really needed to narrow it down there was we were thinking about at one point doing a series discussion but uh figured we would just do halloween 1978 and halloween 2018 because they seemed like the most relevant of the entire series right at this moment and ian's never seen halloween 2018 correct mm -hmm. but we watched you it think together on your first thought first thoughts on when you first watched the movie are we doing, wait, 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 which one are we, are we doing the 1978 one? Oh, we are, yeah, no, uh, yes, yes, this one. <laughs> First thoughts on Halloween 1978. <laughs> so yeah. that I had seen before. Uh, yes. I think I've mentioned it before that Michael Myers was like one of my ultimate scary, like he scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really fully watched this movie till like my late teens, maybe early twenties. Do you remember the first time you did watch it though? Yep, I was sitting in my kitchen in my parents' room, just in my parents' house, because I felt like it was a less scary venue to watch it, mm -hmm. because they have this like small, it's like a very old small TV in the kitchen, and I felt like I can have a snack. The kitchen's open. There's like a window there. It was like daytime, so it felt like a good, non-threatening way to watch it i think i was just like old enough and i had started liking horror enough that i could appreciate it while it's like okay yeah it's still scary but like and this isn't this doesn't mean i didn't like it it's just like okay i can like handle a scary where there's like a guy killing people and i'm not like yeah. you know scared to death it's like okay yeah, that makes and i remember because sure. was... i think it was like a sci-fi channel played both of them back to back and i watched them both the first and uh, second back the to back. first and the second mm -hmm. okay yeah that was the first time i watched either of them i just watched them as one whole thing and i think that's why I like I wanted them to supposed to still be movies. Well, that's that's fair because you know what, watching them back to back, it is a long watching experience, but they definitely feel cohesive. It feels like one movie. Mm -hmm. it, it it goes together very well. And those are two completely different directors. Um so yeah, I, I get the sentimentality there, and I definitely love Halloween too. It's got a soft spot for me as well. But um no, this movie it just like defines horror for me. Like it is it is the pinnacle in, in my own uh, opinion, I, I, I remember watching it as a kid and being absolutely terrified of Michael Myers. I think my, the Halloween 4 is probably the first one I saw. And then I remember watching the first one on FX at some point, And it, it was whew, so good. And it, it just, it, it spawned so many copycats and so many like trends. And it really is like, you know, it, it, Michael Myers is a king in this movie. And I think what makes him so scary is just the 
plainness of him, the lack of any sort of explanation in the first one, at least. Um, and yeah, he's just like, there's nothing really that we know about him, except that he's walking around stuck in these babysitters, you know? Um, yeah, okay, sure. I will, I will concede <laughs> that. I liked him better as there being a little bit of an explanation where he's, but he's still oh, blank. Um, because for me, it's like, all right, well, then why is he, why is he bothering with her again? Why doesn't he just yeah. go kill whoever if he doesn't care? Um, mm. But uh, I do think, I, I do agree with you mostly, honestly. I think that a lot of the movie is like kind of set the standard for horror mm. uh, moving forward. The same way I think, you know, like uh, Halloween spawned a lot of lesser movies, right? Like a lot of movies tried to keep up the same way I think in like 90 whenever 97 when scream came out it like reset the like horror landscape mm-hmm. where people were trying to redo that movie and capture it but never quite got there yeah. um i would say halloween's kind of the same in the same vein especially i mean granted eventually the series went wacky places and it did become supernatural but it was just like a dude with a knife who's really strong yeah yeah for sure um Oh, that's a really interesting take, though, that you, you, you like a little bit more of an explanation. I guess in, in terms of the sequels, like, you would need more of an explanation, right? You need you need to be given something. But um, if we're just looking at this movie, it just works. Yep. It works so well with him yes. just being. Because, you know, that could be anybody down the street. You know, you could run. You, you could be the unlucky Laurie Strode who bumps into any random person who decides to start following you around. That, that I agree with, yes. For yeah. the first movie that doesn't need to it's just like okay he's killing whoever and he really is he i mean he yeah. kills her friends and it's not because it's her friends it's just exactly he's killing them. yeah well let's jump into it uh we open on this really awesome pov shot it's it's one of the first times you know filmmakers were using steadicam steadicam was a very new thing at that point and so uh, we have this pov shot Coming in on the Myers house, it's Halloween night, as we're told, 1963, I believe. And uh, the POV's going around the house, looking in windows, sees a girl on the couch with her boyfriend making out. Um, They go upstairs, the POV goes around the back, into the house, grabs a a butcher knife, and uh, makes his way to the stairs, where (laughs) by the time we get from the back door to the stairs, the boyfriend's already coming downstairs. So all the dudes in this movie, you know... They're quick, one and done. They 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 get it in and they get out. Um, The boyfriend comes downstairs. He leaves, and then uh, our POV shot goes upstairs and stabs uh, a naked woman to death. She's uh, bare chested. She's got the most sexual moans of death I think I've ever heard. (laughs) Uh, And she screams Michael as she's as she's dying. So I mean, another killer's Michael. He goes outside. And who is it, Ian? It is Michael Myers. It is. It's a child, child, Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, His parents uh, pull his mask off. He's wearing a clown mask, and it's a it's a child. And uh, uh, like with some of these movies, uh, we've talked about this, and I wish that I could have experienced them as an adult for the first time because it might have had a little bit more impact with me because I always remember it being like that. So I don't ever remember any sort of shock value there, but I know. There was supposed to be something there. But yeah, he uh, Michael Myers killed his sister on this night. Halloween night, 1963. Sets up the rest of the events for the rest of the series. Um, we get the best opening credits out of any horror movie, I believe. Are, is, are there any that you can think of that'll beat this? Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Mm. Yeah, it's so classic. I, I, I do think, yeah, the, like, font is very iconic. Um, <clears throat> the fact that we have the music playing, they have that score, like, immediately. There's no, like, I, I, I the score for me is the thing that's, like, that's, like, unbeatable yeah. is the score. So then we open up, uh, 1978, we're, we're a few, few years later, um, this is Halloween Eve, and Michael Myers escapes from Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Dr. Loomis, played by the amazing Donald Pleasance and uh, uh, Nurse Marion. I don't know why I forgot her name for a second. I can't ask Ian. He doesn't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, nurse Marion Chambers, our smoking nurse. Uh, yeah, they're, they're driving uh, on a, a dark road up to the sanitarium. It's raining. It's pouring. Old man is snoring. You know, all that good stuff. It, it's perfect atmosphere here. And uh, they come upon 
a bunch of patients just like wandering out. And I, I tell you, every time I see this, it's so, the imagery is so creepy here. Just a bunch of patients in their nightgowns just wandering around in the field. Um, and Zach, so watching this with Zach is actually kind of fun. He's like very IMDb trivia. And you pointed out that they go around the same turn over and over yes. again. Yeah. And once you pointed out, it was like, oh, yeah, that's very obvious. They're going around the same exact. Yeah. Um, I mean, budget constraints, whatever. But I, Zach, watching it with Zach, there was a lot of like things like that where you were like, ooh, also for this. Ooh, for this. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> well, figures since we both watched it, I'd just talk my ass through it. Uh, any, like hardcore Halloween fan already knows all this stuff. So if you're watching your hardcore Halloween fan, none of this is going to be any news for you. But I mean, this movie was shot on like a micro budget of the time, like $300,000. It was really just a quick cash grab. It was originally titled the babysitter murders. Um, John Carpenter didn't even come up with the idea. He just kind of, they already had the idea and they, they gave it to him. He'd done a movie hmm. called Assault on Precinct 13. And um, him and Deborah Hill, a producer on the movie, they came up with the concept. And uh, Deborah Hill wrote all of the dialogue for the girls, and he wrote the rest of it. So, huh. uh, yeah, yeah, pretty interesting bit of trivia there. But, yeah, super low budget. Um, I think all of the sets they used, there was a run and gun. You know, they had, like, one bag of leaves that they were throwing around everywhere and Everybody would go in and pick all the actors and everybody would pick up everything. Michael Myers is played by a bunch of different people in this. You can tell his face shape changes throughout the movie. Um, so it's really, really cool that, you know, a bunch of like these young 20s filmmakers just went out and made this movie, you know? It's yeah. like really a testament to what you can do with such limited resources. I think what John Carpenter said was that he wanted to, out of anything, out of anything he was going to spend money on would be uh, sound and cameras. He wanted the highest quality cameras that he could get for that movie. So it would at least look amazing. And I think it does. It holds up very well. Um, a thing I do like um, is that this movie, not a lot of horror movies let like side characters live. Um, and I like that while his murders are brutal, you know, like this nurse, she lives. Like I totally, when we were rewatching it, I was like, oh, that he's going to kill that nurse. And I was yeah. like, oh, she gets out. Like I kind of like, it, I mean, clearly the movie is set in reality. Um, and I kind of, but I kind of like that, how it's like, oops, she just kind of jumps out of the car and then he like drives yeah. away. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like a movie where it's like, we have characters and not all of them need to be like murdered by the end mm-hmm. because we don't, Neat, like that makes it feel a little bit more realistic to me. Not that it, I mean it's a horror movie, right? But I feel as though letting some other people live that not necessarily you're like so involved in this character living, yeah. But it makes it a little bit more realistic, right? And it makes it more brutal when the murders are happening. And I think I think also go just bouncing off of that, it's um, the movie is supposed to be grounded in reality because yeah. then we have this this menace that is you know possibly supernatural and has supernatural tendencies that makes him a lot more scarier if everything else around him is much more ordinary and realistic and realistically you know uh there's not a high body count and so i I do appreciate this one for not having the high body count that all of the rest of them do have because after this they they go for body count um but yeah this is really like he's got a goal he's got a goal he's going for his goal uh and that's what he does so he escapes uh Smith Grove Sanitarium, he steals the car that Loomis and Nurse Marion were driving. Um, Loomis says a couple of really good things here, and one of them is he's referring to it as it. Uh, He he doesn't refer to Michael as a man, and Nurse Marion's like, shouldn't you call him he? And Dr. Loomis is just like, you know, whatever you say, because he knows, he knows, he's, this, Dr. Loomis has been Michael Myers's psychiatrist for years and years and years so he knows michael myers and he knows that this is something other than just a regular man so we have the next day we go back to haddonfield uh it's halloween day and laurie strode our our wonderful laurie strode comes out comes out of her house in the worst fucking outfit they could have put her in (laughs) this could have been our final girl look for the end of the movie too so bad so bad and like she weighs like 10 pounds but like those like weird sock stockings that are not Mm -hmm. that look like very thick are giving her like cankles and like (laughs) that's what Ian was going on about he's like why does she have cankles and I was like Ian she she is like 
thin as a board. Where do you see cankles at? It's it's those like sock stockings <laughs> they put her in. I don't know what the hell they were, but ugh, they were unflattering. Um, I will. I think I've said this before. Haddonfield is. I think is it the woman that wrote this movie that is from Haddonfield? You. I don't know. Yes, I'm pretty sure she's from Haddonfield. Yeah. One of and them. Haddonfield is not in Illinois. The, right. Haddonfield is in New Jersey. It's a half yes. hour away from where I live. Yeah. Um, and where I grew up and it, they do a good job. I mean, at times it's like, Ooh, no, that is LA. But there are times yeah. like when they're walking down the street and there's all those big trees, that's like exactly what Haddonfield looks like. It's like upper middle class houses that are like nice, but a little bit old. Um, and a lot of trees going up and down yeah. the streets. Um, and I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool that I was like, Hmm, those, those look like, like I said, there were points like when they're at the shops and stuff is like, Oh, that's clearly you know, or California. when they're like seeing palm trees, maybe. yeah, we're just supposed to ignore those. <laughs> um, but I did, I did like that, um, and I think that's kind of like cool. Um, yeah, and I think it's a really good setting. They do a good job with setting yeah. it as like this like small suburban town. You know, they're supposed to be very like regular teens at the time. Yeah, I mean, and even to her, like that's very. She's dressed very Carrie. You know, she's yeah. very a little bit extra conservative than yeah the already conservative dress of the Tom, but um, at least we get we get a different outfit for the end of the movie. But Lori is on her way to school, and she's got to drop off uh, a key at the Myers house because her dad is a real estate agent who is trying to sell the Myers house. So the Myers house by this point is abandoned, looks rough. Uh, fun fact, the, the, the house was already, um, it was already in the shape when they started filming, and actually when they go back to film the beginning of it, they, like, cast and crew, all of them, completely whitewashed the house. So if you, like, there's so many HD versions of the movie now that if you watch the beginning, you can see that it's kind of already fallen apart. But they go and they drop off the key, and once she drops off the key, Michael Myers is already inside, and he's watching her through the front door. So that is the moment that Michael Myers sees Laurie Strode for the very first time. It is it is so iconic, thinking of it as he's just there, she just happened to pop up, and she, he just happened to see her and kind of just fixated on her. And that's what makes that so scary for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go for it, Ian. <laughs> Tell me I, I'm wrong. I disagree. Okay. I I think that if he's just like a murderous killer. So this is the, okay. So this is one of my issues. The, the like rules of a horror movie. You know, he be, in the beginning when he kills his sister, she's like naked and just had sex, and it's very like he's murdering these teens that are having sex. Um, and it doesn't quite land for me that like then why would he fixate on Laurie, who's, like, dressed like a nun? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. For me, it's like, all right, but, like, why? Because prior to this, we only saw him murder, like, sexy teens and his sister, who was naked. And, like, even moving forward, the people he murders are all, like, teens that have just had sex or, like, done a drug. Um, and so I don't understand why we have, if he's so invested in murdering teens that are, like, you know, having sex... Um, which, you know, wasn't as much of a trope yeah. back then, I guess. It just feels weird that, like, why is he fixated on this woman dressed like a nun who's, like, nothing, and it's not like she did anything. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just that it's just simple as that. He just saw her and just decided. I, I think he's got already this, like, sexual repression that we kind of explore in this movie and throughout the, all the other ones. There's obviously sexual repression there that he's kind of acting out while he's murdering these these teens having sex. Right. But um, I think also, I mean, there's, like, I don't know. There's, there's just, it's always man versus, uh, versus like, supernatural here um, when it comes to Michael Myers. And if you're looking at him more as a man, then it's just a fixation he's got on her. If you're looking at something, you know, supernatural, maybe... There's something else going along with Laurie Shirt. I don't know, but it's just an interesting moment that happens. And from here, he follows her throughout the day. Um, we see Dr. Loomis, kind of. he heads to Haddonfield. On the way to Haddonfield, he sees a truck that's kind of been uh, abandoned on the side of the road. And there's like things strewn about. And he's telling everybody, he's like warning everybody, calling the hospital, calling everybody, the police station, everybody saying, hey, Michael Myers is on his way back to Haddonfield. Like, please fucking listen to me, and this is this guy is very dangerous. Can we, like, do something here? All they do is send out Sheriff Brackett for this for this shit. <laughs> uh, uh, and then there's a guy who's dead off in the distance that Dr. Loomis doesn't come across. Doesn't see, yeah. I, I don't know why he didn't walk just, like, two feet more, and he would have seen him. But this is how Michael Myers gets his uh, overalls, classic overalls, as he's got to have in every movie now. Um, and then... 
later on he gets uh, he gets a mask and his knife from the hardware store, right? At the end of the day, Lori and Annie and Linda are walking home, and they have a couple encounters with him. Um, this is actually I was I was while I was rewinding through it, it was kind of, it's a really long scene, you know. Um, all three of these teenage girls are walking home and kind of having you know this teenage chat. They see Michael Myers like driving down the road, and Annie yells at him. So many good lines here, like "Speed kills." He slams on his brakes. Pretty creepy moment there. He, he keeps driving, and then a little bit later, he, we see him like hiding behind a, a hedge. Um, all of this, I think that's iconic, like one of the iconic scenes. Yeah, too. all of all of it is like you, you, every other scene seems just like an iconic shot, you know. Uh, and uh, but like nobody else is seeing Michael Myers, like Lori is seeing Michael Myers. So um, it's interesting that she's the only one with the uh, the awareness to this situation that's happening. Something's wrong, but everybody keeps telling her that. Like everybody keeps gaslighting her, telling her, "Hey, nothing's wrong." Really, like. Well, I think it's supposed to be, like, also, she's the more, I mean, she's, like, the more prudish one. She's, like, yeah. the more prone to, like, my level of anxiety. Um, and, like, the other girls are more like, oh, we're talking about the dance. We're going to talk about the boys we like. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I, I mean, not great, but, like, that's ultimately why they die and Lori survives, right? Because Lori's more, yeah. like, aware of things and not involved and, like, like, wrapped up in, like, dumb teen things i guess yeah she's a little bit she's got a little bit more maturity which i don't even you know what she doesn't even have a little bit more maturity i wouldn't say that because they have maturity in their own ways it's just she is the final girl so she can't she can't be all about sex she can't be all about boys she has to have her focus only on this one thing and this guy who's coming after her and that's what it seems like is happening here is that she's only honed in on this one thing um they do go out of their... I mean, I guess this is of the time, right? Criticisms of the time. But they do go out of their way to make sure we know she is a fucking prude. <laughs> yeah. Lori, I didn't know you think about things like a dance. You know, you think about dances. You like boys. It's a little much... Uh, like, I get it. I get yeah. it. They, that's just like what it was. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. And like... But I do... I actually do like this scene... Um, when they're going to, they're like pulling up to the hardware store and they've been smoking weed. And yeah. like Lori's coughing because she had one puff and how dare she have a marijuana. Um, <laughs> but the other girl's like, I'm driving my car. I'm good, Lori. Like, <laughs> I know. She even, she's driving so cool too. She's even got it in her, got it in her hand. We were going through, um, I was watching, we were watching this with my husband and we were going through which one of us were which. Alistair's definitely Lori Strode. He's got the cardigans and everything to prove it. Um, I think we came. To the conclusion that you were Annie smoking weed in the car. Yeah. And I would be, I'd be that slut Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That tracks. That's that's us. But Um, I I really like that scene. And it's like, for me, that feels also like real suburban teens, right? Like, I mean, Lori just like having one and coughing forever, whatever. But like them, the pulling up and the sheriff is her dad, like the friend's dad and him like talking to them and like. She's just like blowing it out the window and she's like, "Eh, it's fine. I don't care. That felt very like legit suburban teens, right? Yeah. I mean, like a good thing about this movie is that we, we, even though we have all of these disposable teens that he's going to be murdering later, um, really they, they, they're, I mean, aside from the guys, I don't, the guys are interchangeable pretty much, but, um, the girls are pretty well-rounded. Like Annie's a really likable character. Um, she's kind of a smart ass, you know, she's, she's funny. She's, she's. But also not like a mean girl, you know. She's not mean to Lori. She's she's just kind of like, you know, giving Lori a little bit of a hard time, a couple of little jabs here and there. But she loves Lori, and we can tell that they are they are really close. Yeah, I was gonna say like anytime she's like a little shitty with her, you know, it's not yeah. like she hates her. It's like oh no, this is her friend. It's like they're cool. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy seeing that friendship. I mean, they're even gonna be babysitting across the street from each other tonight. <laughs> a thing I do like that like I find funny, and I know it's not supposed to be funny, and I don't find it's not like funny because it's bad, but like. When Loomis is like waiting for the sheriff and they're talking and Michael Myers drives by, it's like Michael I Myers fucking laugh is like, every time. fuck you guys. <laughs> like, fuck the police. Yeah, like it's very so much that. Oh, Michael Myers, he said, he said, fuck the police. Because mm. he like drives literally right by them and it's like, he's in his mask. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is in his mask. He's not even. <laughs> Dr. Loomis has convinced Sheriff Brackett to like drive him around and they right. these two are driving around. Dr. Loomis is spewing all this all these facts about Michael Myers not being human. He's he's got the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, and all of this really ominous, spooky stuff that Sheriff Brackett's like, Yeah, Dr. Loomis, I guess. Mm. 
Meanwhile, Michael Myers so, is like driving by them ten times. That's not Michael Loomis. That's not Michael. I would know Michael if I saw him. Have you ever seen Michael? No, but I would know him. Haddonfield Sheriff. Like you're doing this is so weird. Mm. Um, I'm like, who am I talking to? <laughs> if you close your eyes, this is a whole different person. <laughs> um, so, no, no, no. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Loomis and Sheriff Brecker go to the Myers house. It's a super creepy scene in there. And, and my, there's a dead dog on the floor. So Michael's been eating fucking dogs. This is one thing about this series I don't like is I don't like animals dying. But he eats dogs all, all the time. All right, but like a million dogs. people are murdered. So, like. <sighs> I don't care about the people. <sighs> it's a dog. didn't those. deserve it. Um and then Lori and Annie are babysitting across the street from each other as Michael is stalking them throughout the night. So Annie, we're really focusing on her right now. Uh, she's in the kitchen. She's making popcorn. She spills butter, a little bit, tiny bit of butter on her clothes, and she's got to take them all off. <laughs> These filmmakers, man, we know that what, what they're looking for. We got to we got to really drive home that point that this is a slut, and the slut is gonna die. <laughs> I was just about to say, okay, but like if I spilled something, I would have to take it all off before we like i'd be like no i need to get rid of this before we recorded but also that's why i'm that character yeah she's also not recording she's babysitting she's right. just she's babysitting sitting around right now but <laughs> and she's screaming throughout the whole movie Lindsay, Lindsay. <laughs> okay see wait here we're gonna the acting is so of the time sometimes yeah. oh, that i do find it like <laughs> it pulls me out a little bit yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I always, so in my head, that's just how people talked in the 70s. It's very drawn out, very just, mm, like, it's that, it's that, because, you know, what, uh, 60s and 70s were kind of getting rid of that transatlantic sort of movie star acting that they did, right? Right, um, yeah. So it's kind of still there. Yes, it's you like a little it. in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not quite at realism yet. <laughs> um, Annie's a great character though, and she yeah she strips off, she goes and throws her clothes in the wash, and she gets stuck in the uh, in the window, right? Yeah, in the window. She's like for some reason they have like a whole other like little house in the backyard that has their washer and dryer in it. Um, and so she goes out there and uh, the door locks on her and she gets stuck in the window. And it's a great moment to build suspense because we see him at two different windows. Did you notice that throughout the scene? I know we saw him at, I don't remember if I noticed both, but I know we saw him at the window because yeah. I couldn't remember when she died. And I was like, oh, this is where he's going to kill her when yeah. she's stuck in the window. But it's not. Well, it's very, There's very like 10 faint. different opportunities when, for her yeah. to die. When, uh, when he's at the door, it's very, very faint. You can barely see him but he's there and it's just oh it's so good um i don't know how the fuck she gets stuck like this it just makes no sense to me i mean it's just it's just the movie <laughs> uh, but she's calling for Lindsay. Lindsay, and the phone rings and her boyfriend paul is calling and uh you know Lindsay uh, Lindsay comes out and helps annie out and annie gets to go and inside. it's yeah. important to point out that Lindsay is Kim Richards from The Real Housewives. Yeah. Real Housewives <laughs> of uh, what? Beverly Hills? I don't know. Is it Beverly so. Hills or Orange County? It's one of those two. Um, but yeah, she's going to be in the in Halloween Kills as well. So Which I'm is super wild. I've heard she's really good in it too. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. But. So I don't watch Housewives. Like I, I feel like I've yeah. seen it by osmosis of existing online because I see so many clips. And while I haven't watch, ever watched it like on my own, I feel like I hate her because she's one of the worst. Like she's always being mean. She's always being terrible. She's always like pointing in your face. <laughs> Annie basically wants to go pick up Paul so they can have some sex capades that night. So she takes Lindsay across the street to the Doyle house, Tommy Doyle's house where Lynn, uh, Lori's babysitting and unloads Lindsay, goes back to the house. And we have this long drawn out, scene of her walking for, to the car, forgetting the keys, going back into the house, coming back out to the car, and it's just that build-up. I don't mind how long this is either. I think in some movies it, it can tend to, like, if that were happening now in a movie, I would, I'd say way too long. Um, I remember when I was in film school, they always told us, you don't need a 10-minute scene of, you know, people walking from place to place. You can do yeah. point A to point B and we'd get it. Um, we learned that in writing school too. It's no, like, just good. cut it out. You don't need yeah. the details. But I think here it works really well because we know something is up with the car. Like we know it. And 
we're just waiting. We're waiting because we know something is going to happen. He, she goes back to the car and she should have already known because those windows are fogged up in that car. And this is such a great kill. She gets in the car and she's about to, she's about to start it, but she notices the fog kind of rubs the yeah. fog a little bit. And he comes up from the back, chokes her, slits her throat. I actually she, didn't realize. I thought he was just like strangling her. I didn't realize he slit her throat. It's like very brief that he does it um you have to really be watching but um mm -hmm. in the next one you see when the, when, you, when you, we see her body like she's got her throat cut um mm -hmm. but yeah so andy's dead he takes her body inside tommy across the street is looking out the window and sees him taking her body inside which is so creepy um like all of this stuff because it can happen it can really happen i can look out the window right now and i could see Somebody right. carrying my neighbor's body inside, and it's like fucking insane to me. You know that would spook the fuck out of me. Well, I would hope it wouldn't be like, oh yeah, just another day in Oklahoma, no big deal. It I would hope be. it would scare you. It might be, you know, I'm Oklahomans. I don't know. They're doing mean. this stuff on the regular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but I, and I, I think I said this when we were watching it. Like, it doesn't really bother me either. Um, some sometimes some of the points are a little bit like too slow. Yeah. Where I'm like, all right do something yeah. uh but i don't mind um the slow build and i usually don't mind it as much in horror. i think horror movies are where i'm usually more forgiving of it because we do at least get like the kill or like the end final girl scene yeah. um so i don't mind a slow build towards that i wish a little bit and this is only because of the 2018 movie i wish laurie had been a little bit more involved in what like I don't, for the movie itself, I don't mind as Lori just, just, you know, she's not really involved until the last 20 minutes, um, yeah. which I like. Um, but, yeah. I, I mean, guess it doesn't matter how I think about it in the 20 I mean, she's, we'll I think the point of her not having her involved is really that she's just so oblivious to it. Like, which kind of contradicts earlier is that she's got yeah. this, you know, a little bit, no, she knows something is up. But then when we're here at the house, she doesn't really know anything. And she's kind of, cause it, it does kind of like contradict itself. Right. Cause it's, then she's telling Tommy that there's no boogeyman. There's nothing out there. Um, even though she saw him like a bunch of times earlier in the day. Yeah. And so then we get, we get our next murdered teen, Linda and her boyfriend, Bob. Uh, this is, this is the real slut of the movie. Annie was our little hoe getting undressed for the camera. But, uh, this is, this is the one that shows her tits. She, so I'm the little hoe, you're the real slut. <laughs> I'm the real slut. I'll show my tits to anybody who's got a dollar. <laughs> Don't let this little sweater fool you. Just um, <laughs> like Lori, but acting like Linda. Uh, so Linda and Bob go upstairs. They have sex. Um, and this is the... So <laughs> I was going to ask if you were going to... Yeah. <laughs> we... Oh, motherfucker Ian. Uh, he watched this using like the AMC app, right? Yeah. And so he had like 10 ads throughout this whole thing. Plus all of Zach these parts cut so out. was so annoyed. Yes. Um, plus yeah, so all these the, parts cut out. So like I didn't, I, cause it's been so long since I watched this movie. I forgot that there was like legit nudity in it. Yeah. And I, so like Zach would be like, oh yeah, this is happening. And I would be like 10 minutes ahead of him because it's like they cut out all the nudity. So they just cut like the scene out. I didn't see the sex scene for me. It was just, she gets him like they're together and then they're like in bed. I think maybe smoking. I don't know, yeah. but they're like laying in bed together. And I was already at the point when the guy dies and you were like, he didn't even thrust. And I was like, what are we talking about? Like, are we talking about Michael Myers thrusting to kill him? Because like, when they're having sex, they, they really are like like rubbing together, but they're not thrusting. There's no thrusting. They're clearly not doing anything. Another fun fact. Um, so the, the chick who plays Linda, um, PJ Souls, um, she'd just come off Carrie, and, but she at the time was married to Dennis Quaid, who wasn't quite like a star, but he was an up-and-comer. And so they wanted Dennis Quaid to play Bob in this. And I don't, th I think there were like scheduling conflicts or something like that. And he wasn't able to do it. Um, but I think it would have been really cool to see Dennis Quaid in, in this part. Um, yeah. but I mean, Bob is just such a faceless character, right? He, he, they, they, they do their little smushing, rubbing, whatever you want to call this. It's not That's how sex. I have sex. That's how I have sex. <laughs> just, just a little long. Like wet Dead seals. fish. Dead <laughs> fish. <laughs> Bob goes downstairs to get some beer. And uh, Michael comes out of the closet and gets him. This is a really good kill as well. Um, uh, Michael just basically stabs a, a giant-ass butcher knife through him, pins him up against the wall. I don't know how, you know, I mean, 
physics. No but physics. You see, here. like toes. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and Michael has this moment where he's just quiet and he's just looking at this body and we're we're in this wide shot and he's kind of tilting his head. We see him tilt his head as his, his victim and it's that moment where we kind of get a little bit of characterization for for Michael. Um, he's he's a, you know a curious killer and uh, yeah, he's like it's like an animal like. I think of like a dog or something yeah. where it's like playing with like another animal and then that little animal dies and yeah. they're like still batting at it. Like, what's this? Why isn't it moving? Yeah. And it's just so like, it's so eerie. Like these are the moments that make Michael Myers. And so Michael Myers takes Bob's glasses and puts a sheet over himself like a ghost. Which is so, so ridiculous. No, I don't think so though. I think he's playful. He's a playful killer. That's also what makes him very creepy is that he's very playful in his kills. And you ask any Halloween fan and they, they will tell you Michael Myers that he plays. Um, and so he puts on this this sheet, and he goes up as a ghost because it's Halloween. He's dressed as a ghost, and he's he's puts the glasses on. And Linda thinks it's he, it's her boyfriend, so she's like, "What? Can I get your ghost, Bob?" <laughs> and then like, I still don't get that line. I know that you have recited it a million times. I'm like, I don't get it. I love it. I love it. And she says, "Is there anything you like?" This part was also. Did you have this part, or was this cut out for you? I didn't see her boobs, but I we got I got she, this part. We saw her boobs. Um, and then, yeah, he doesn't answer her, so she gets annoyed. She gets up, and she goes to the phone to call Lori. She gets on the phone with Lori, and Michael Myers immediately comes up behind her and strangles her with the telephone cord. Uh, there was no pressure on that telephone cord to her neck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for me, it's like a little bit like, because I think she's like, uh, and it's like, there doesn't look like there's any choking going on here. Ian, it is very hammy. It's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's that acting, um, <laughs> but it's just what makes it so good. I didn't want to say, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> she does. It's okay. It's a good to say. All of it's very heavy. Like made today, it would look and be acted completely different. Possibly, yeah. I don't know. Um, and uh, Lori from this phone call gets the feeling that something is up, so she goes across the street to the to the Wallace house, and we know some shit's about to go down. Meanwhile, like. Down the street or, like, across the block or something, um, Loomis has been camping out at the Myers house. But then he sees, as he's walking down the street, the Smith Grove sanitarium car. So he knows something is uh, that Michael's in the area. So he starts roaming the streets looking for Michael. Lori goes across the street to, to the Wallace house, and it's this, oh. Like, this is also one of those moments. I don't mind it being extra long. Then she finds her friend yeah. with Judith Myers' gravestone in her bed. Yes. Which I feel like makes no fucking sense if it wasn't set up. Like, why did he put that there for Laurie to find it? Why did he even put that there? Like, what? Why did he get a gravestone and put it on a random dead girl that he Because he's just a sadistic killer who has no motive and is just playing around. That is, that is the movie, Ian. He's just playing around. There is no rhyme or reason. Uh, and... Right before this fucking part, right before she enters the room with all the dead bodies, Ian's even got an ad. Ian, Ian got a commercial. I should put commercials at every point that Ian had. This, <laughs> this thing. Have we sat there two minutes? Uh, like it was only commercial. I think this was the one of the last two, right? It was this yeah. one, and then one right before she went into the closet. So yeah. she finds her friends, and uh, you know, Michael's like stuffed her friends in like closets and little cupboards and she finds them all she takes off running uh, out in the hallway he, he stabs her it's important to note that i think that is like and also for the 2018 it's important that it's very iconic the way he steps the way like the way they did it was so well done yeah. for me of him like completely and there's no like special effects right it's like just light it's just lighting and he like steps into the light and his face slowly mm-hmm. comes into it and then that's when he like goes to stab her and he does miss yeah but i think that is like so good it is it is crazy good and it's just like it's that you know young talent ingenuity there you know it's it's they don't have a big budget all he did was like turn up the light just just faintly and it just illuminated that mask because that mask is just white and emotionless and it just films in the nighttime really really well and he comes out of the darkness and like tries to stab lori i don't know if he was trying to stab her or what but he, he like just slightly grazes her her arm and she falls down the stairs and this is where she gets her limp because we always have a final girl limp i guess Uh, i think this is probably what started that though i don't know i'll have to do some research on that but um greatest chase scene 
in, in horror movies. I love it. She's going across the street. She like she or she 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 goes into the kitchen. She has to like smash her hand through uh the the kitchen door because I guess there's a rake. <laughs> like, yeah, he put a rake. There, <laughs> so she has to like push the rake over. She smashes her hand, cuts her hand all up, and uh, runs to the fucking neighbor. These asshole motherfucking Trump supporting neighbors. She's knocking on their door asking for help. They turn on the light. They look at her through the blinds. They turn it off. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, Ian would do it though. That would be Ian. I might. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Just like, I'm like, I saw that guy in that mask. I'm not letting you in here. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like I've been seeing him all night. Didn't call the police, but I've been seeing him all night. He was carrying a body earlier. I'd be like, good luck. <laughs> From the upstairs window through the screen. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> Better run fast. <laughs> she runs across the street, and Michael's just walking behind her. Um, it's very, I know what you did last summer, you know. It's, it was very reminiscent. I know what you did last summer was very Halloween. Oh, it was, yeah. We should say that, right. Um, yeah, Lori forgot the key. She's got to bang on the door and wake up Tommy. Tommy comes down and unlocks the door, and she yells at him to go upstairs uh, and hide. Um, and it's such a stressful scene. It is oh, very... I mean, that for me, that's one of those horror tropes that almost always works yeah. is like, like I'm moving fast, but this killer's moving slow, but he's still like very close he's, to and me. He, um, and, and yeah, when you put logic into it, so he um, basically didn't continue for the door towards her because I, I feel like he could have caught her by then. But what he did was he just went around because by the time she gets inside, locks the door and turns the lights off, one of those windows is already open, right? So he's inside. He's, re he's ready for her. Um, she like cowers by the couch and she's got the knitting needle. He goes down. I guess we're supposed to maybe believe that he's down. We don't. But she's got the, she's got the butcher knife at this point because he drops it. She picks it up and she's just like <laughs> like throws it. But her with the knife looking over the couch is like I feel like the iconic it's, it's, image. Isn't that like on? It's on a lot of VHS covers and like the blockbuster cover and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's and just, I feel like whenever I see like a horror list, if they need like one image, yeah. that's like the one. It's one of the ones they pick for sure. Um, and she, I, I th Jamie Lee Curtis gets a lot of shit for this, for throwing away the knife twice. She does it twice, y'all. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis, it like in almost every interview is just like, I'm sorry, I threw away the knife. Stop talking to me about it. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> uh, Lori leaves him there she goes upstairs and gets the kids and she says we're good now we're good guys I killed the boogeyman he's like you can't kill the boogeyman and of course Michael is right behind her comes running and she, oop, there he is oop, there he is he, they, she locks the kids in the bedroom or she tells them to lock the door and she goes into the into the bedroom and so there's two directions to go when she goes into the bedroom there's a balcony and then there is a closet which one would you have chosen I don't know. I I think maybe, like, because it's a second story, it's not, like, that crazy high. Yeah. I think I might have, like, been, like, mm, maybe I, can, I mean, I probably would have died. But, like, I might have yeah. gone to the balcony and been, like, ooh, I think I could, like, slowly let myself just, like, shimmy down. And then he'd stab me to death while I'm trying to do this. But <laughs> I think that's what I would have tried to do. Uh, I mean, I think that would be would have been a fair escape. And it's just, it's just the second floor balcony. Like, it's not anything right. crazy. I think you could have made it. But I think maybe... Maybe she wasn't trying to leave the kids. She's a good babysitter, good Girl Scout. She wasn't going to leave the kids. So she goes in the closet, um, and ties like a belt around it, and this is so, oh, so good, Ian. Like, this is also one of those scenes that they would play in every, like, list that they talk about, like, slasher films or, like, horror movies. And it's the iconic closet scene where Michael comes up, and he's, like, smashing through the closet, and Lori's cowering in there, but she's also reaching up for a, a, a wire hanger. I don't know why they'll have wire hangers in their their houses. Never met Joan Crawford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's untwisting it and she's getting ready and Michael's coming through. And at this point, I think this was Tommy Lee Wallace. So it's not uh, Nick Castle who's playing Michael Myers. Um, and it's just so good because the light's flickering on and off as, as he's coming through. And then she stabs him in the eye with the clothes hanger. He drops the knife. She grabs it and she stabs him in the chest. And he goes down. She comes out of the closet and she, <laughs> she throws the knife again. <laughs> again. Yeah, and then uh, we've got we've got that final little bit. So the kids are running out of the house screaming. So Dr. Loomis, that alerts Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis goes into the house as our final climax like, is here. So uh, Michael starts strangling. Oh, no. So 
we there's another really great shot. I feel like just this could be a whole episode of the great shots because she's like up against the door, right? And he like she's she's raising herself yeah. up, and he's sitting up at the exact same yeah. moment. Like it's like exact in sync, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so good. It is good. It's great. Um, that core strength though. Mm. He's got he's got the he's got the maps. I know he's been sitting in Smithfield Sanitarium working on the maps. <laughs> um, no, there's a really great clip on YouTube of the audience in 1978 reacting to this moment and the cheers and the like gasps from the audience are just so good. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, and he comes up and he uh, starts strangling her as Doctor Lismas is coming up the stairs. She's able to pull his mask off. He's not disfigured. He's not deformed. He's just a man. Quite handsome. Quite handsome, too. Um, <laughs> uh, and Dr. Loomis shoots him as, as he's putting his mask back on. When he does start strangling her, for me, that's also very scary because it's the only time he moves fast. Yeah. Is when he, like, jumps at her and starts choking And her. he seems a little bit more frustrated here, right? And yeah. And it's like, always more the more frustrated killer that's going to be the more dangerous one, right? Right. And I think that, like, that's... While, of course, the him moving slow and still being able to fucking murder you is scary. But, like, the fact that it's like, ooh, he's pissed yeah. and he's going to choke you to death. Like, mm-hmm. Michael goes over the balcony. Uh, Dr. Loomis, we see Michael laying on the ground. When Dr. Loomis goes over and looks over, Michael is gone. Our final shots of the movie are uh, are just different areas around this town that we've been visiting throughout the movie. Because we see that he's not there anymore. He's not there anymore, and there's there's just breathing. We just hear his breathing. We don't know where he is. We don't know where Michael is, and the movie ends. It's one of the most perfect way to end a movie. If they would have just left it at this movie, too, it would have been so iconic, you know, that we don't know what happens. Don't know. I don't mm. know. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> I don't know, it's just it's just a great movie. You know, we have Donald Pleasance, who wasn't even their first choice. And Donald Pleasance only did it because his daughter really liked the music that John Carpenter did on Assault and Breathe 13. Um, so he's like, I don't get the character. I don't I don't understand anything that's going on. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'll do it. Um, I love they, that. They paid him. <laughs> I mean, he, he started in like every movie after that, too. So um, didn't he like he didn't you tell me he like died when they were doing the last doing one that he six. was in? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was his I feel like this move, this series was his crowning glory. Like he got more fame out of this one. Um, like the resurgence of his career. almost. Are you OK? <laughs> My God, that scared the shit out of me. The filter for my um, ring light <laughs> fell off. And then Laurie Strode comes. She's Laurie Strode's been in five movies at this point, I believe. Because um, she was in this one, the second one, H2O, Resurrection, and then the new one. Okay, yeah. So this is another crowning like jewel for Jamie Lee Curtis. This right, is yeah. this was her very first film role. Yeah, it's so, wild that it's introducing Jamie Lee Curtis, who is like such yeah. a big star. I, I I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I did you, you saw on Twitter right when somebody like called her out for doing Halloween 2018? Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like, oh. you told me about that, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it for the podcast, Ian. <laughs> I was trying to make a moment here. <laughs> no, you haven't told me. Tell me about this thing I've never heard about before, Zachary. Uh, some some guy, some troll on Twitter said, you're only doing Halloween 2018 because you're out of money. And she's like, I sold Activia yogurt for seven years. I'm not broke. <laughs> I shit my pants for seven years. I'm like, even, if she didn't, even if she didn't do that, I'm sure she was fine before even yeah. doing that. Like. Oh, probably, yeah. Um, I mean, she... She's, I, I like her embracing her scream queen, scream queen roots because I think uh, she did horror movies for a while because she couldn't really get any other work and then she stopped doing them and you know we got True Lies and Trading Places and all these really iconic. I mean, she has the range movies. though. She like she yeah. works well and like I think she's really good in True Lies. Yeah, no, no, she is. She is. Um, she's just I don't know. She's just like a good actress. She's just it's a little underrated. It's like her and Sigourney Weaver are like nearly on the same level. They'd be on on the same tier, right? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Because so, and both like of them again, both of them have the range of like yeah. they started with horror but like they do well in like, you know, I think both of them probably have been in, I'm sure, movies that have won Academy Awards and like shit like that and yeah. like they can do like a scream queen, a tough badass or like, you know, a romantic whatever. Quick, Zachary, what's your favorite scene in the movie? 
Ooh, the closet scene, you know? I love that one. I love that one. Anytime they flash back to it in any other movies, always appreciate it. What about you? I actually, like, I still am like, mm, I'm not sure, because there are a lot of good beats, right? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of iconic beats. So I don't know, but I... I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Ask me a question that you're not going to fucking answer, Ian. <laughs> I, well, because I was going to say the closet, and I feel like I wanted to say yeah. something different than you. But I okay. I really you think... You can that, have the closet. I'll pick something. No, I, I think, like, the closet is, like, the... Right? Like, I think that is probably... While there are a lot of, like, you know, him stepping out of the shadow and, you know, him choking her, him rising up with her, I think the closet scene is more of a scene, not like a beat that you think of. It's like, that's yeah. like a whole scene, right? So I think the closet scene is probably the most iconic scene in the movie with a lot of iconic scenes, but this is the most, like, that's, I feel like everyone knows that scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, Ian, where can everybody find you? You can find me on social media at Ian X Carlos, and you can find my Buffy podcast at SlayerFestX98 on social media, and you can also find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other places podcasts are found. Zachary, where can everyone find you? Everybody can find me at Adventures of Zach and B on YouTube and Instagram, and Adventures Z and B on Twitter, and then don't subscribe to this channel. Hold off just a little bit if you're planning on subscribing because I'm going to make a full-on My Bloody Judy horror YouTube channel. All horror, all the time. But also subscribe really, to all of Zach's channels. <laughs> I would really appreciate subscriptions to that one, though. Um, all right, we're going to close out with our uh, usual favorite lines. Do your line reading, Ian. What, what's, your, what's your favorite line? Hold on, wait. I have... I have a C, uh, one written down. Where is it? Nope, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's yours? Pick, hey, jerk, speed kills. You can do that. <laughs> but it... I, <laughs> do you want to do the Michael Myers breathing? Do you want to do that? We need something from you, Ian. <laughs> What's the... Now I'm trying to think of a line when they're smoking weed in the car. <laughs> um... I didn't know you thought about things like that, Lori. <laughs> yeah, sure, that. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionless faced. And the blackest... Oh, I said that wrong. <laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this pale, blank, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Ooh. Ooh, spooky, spooky. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. They can... When is this going out? Yeah. Vote. November 3rd. Vote for Biden. Vote. vote for Biden. Don't just vote. Vote, vote for, for Biden. Biden. <laughs> yeah. Biden-Harris 2020. Yes. All right, guys. And have a good one. Bye.